0: Welcome to the Christian Ministries Church podcast. My name is Josh Barnett i 'm one of the pastors on staff here we 're praying that this message equips and empowers you to live in the kingdom of God The song we 're singing obviously we know the lord's prayer, let your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and, and um, as I was praying before first service started, I felt this impress on my heart is that that's just not that 's not just a prayer we 're supposed to pray but a reality that we 're supposed to live in, and that that heaven is not when you pass from this life into the next, but heaven is wherever Jesus is. And the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit is heaven on earth. The whole, you, in, in your temple is the Holy Spirit, heaven on earth. And um, as we're singing this, let heaven come, that's a, as we're crying out to the Lord, let heaven come, let heaven come, let heaven come, there's a measure in which he increases that in our life. And a lot of people begin to experience that in church settings or worship settings or in their, you know, their private devotion time is that that is a cry. But that's not just supposed to be something that you experience here, but also when you leave. And it's, it's a reality in which we're supposed to live in where our constant heart cries, let heaven come, let heaven come into my home, let hum- heaven come into my workplace, let heaven come into my relationships, let heaven come into my marriage, let heaven come into my finances. And that's something that we declare. And it begins to fill our heart and our mind and then begins to break out in the world around us and it's something that we're supposed to pray over the nations as well, that we pray over our nation, we pray over the nations in the world, that we pray over uh, Israel and Palestine, that we pray over Ukraine and Russia, that we pray over China, that, 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 we wouldn't, that our prayers wouldn't be like, like, God, go get them, like in a violent way. But Lord, let your peace fill that nation. Let people come to the knowledge of who you are. I just saw a report this morning that 200 men in Gaza all had the same dream about Jesus in one night, and they all woke up and they gave their life to the Lord. Some of you shaking your head because you saw that report too. All in the same night, they had a dream about Jesus and came to the Lord. They all woke up the next morning and surrendered their heart to the Lord. And so, like, you know, we can't have this, you know, God go wipe out the evildoers. It's like, God, redeem them. Let them come to the knowledge of what they're doing. Let them know that they have traded the truth about you for a lie. Because we were all there one time. We all had traded the truth about God for a lie, and we had to be born again. And so let's pray that. Let heaven come to all nations. Let heaven come to all nations. And um, as we, we, we enter into the word that I've got for you this morning, if, if I don't know you, know, my, my name is Josh. I'm one of the associate pastors here on staff, and I'm excited about preaching to you this morning, but, but I, 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 and I really want to preach a, uh, kind of a Christmas-themed message because we've set up these decorations, which look beautiful, by the way. They look absolutely amazing. Um, and, and real quick, I do, I do want to thank everybody that came to help set up. Like, what an absolutely incredible church that we have. We had a ton of people come and help, help us set up and all this went up and the foyer and all that all went up in a couple hours and then I know Miss Pat and Miss Sandy came and decorated the big tree out there. That's the job that nobody wants. That's the, one that's, that's the one that's tough and it looks absolutely amazing And church. We're so thankful, thankful, thankful to the ones that were able to come and serve on, on Monday and do and, and, and why do we set all this? Why do we do all this? And, and, and Tim's message was great last week about celebrations and what a nation values is what it celebrates and, and, and as the church as we're supposed to be the light to the world, we are going to celebrate Christmas to the max, dude. Like we're going to celebrate the birth of our Messiah. It's going to be the biggest birthday party that you have ever seen. But it's sad that some people put more money into celebrating their kids' birthday party than they do the birth of Jesus. Not celebrate your kids, go all in, but my goodness, we're celebrating the king of the universe and his birthday. And so we're celebrating God, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Come on. We're celebrating, and it was, it, it, I, I heard this line a long time ago, without the cross, there would be no Christmas. Without the resurrection, there would be no Christmas. And so we're celebrating him coming because of his life and what he did and his resurrection. And we're celebrating all of that with the birth of Jesus. With, we're celebrating his everything that he did. And so that's why we do all these things. We've got the production this Friday night and, and the Saturday matinee and like for real, like you've got to come because we're, we're throwing the biggest birthday party ever. That's what we're doing. So invite all the kids on the block. Get them all to come. Invite the whole neighborhood. Well, I don't even know that kid. It doesn't matter. Get them here. They're going to have an incredible time. Come get them. I love what, I'm just echoing what Chloe was saying, but like tell them to come and see the man who told me everything about myself. And so get your neighbors here. If you Listen, I know some of y'all took those cards last week and they're still, they're collecting dust right now on your coffee table. Take them and give them out like Tim told you to. Get everybody here. It's going to be absolutely incredible because we're celebrating the birth of Jesus. Well, productions aren't really my thing and plays aren't really my thing. It doesn't matter. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. Yeah. We're celebrating the, our risen Lord and Savior. Let us not become complacent and passive in the way that we Let us not just go through the motions, but let us stir something up on the inside of our hearts that we would celebrate our risen King in his birth. Amen? Cool. Two of you agreed with me. I'm gonna wake y'all up this morning. Um, so, I want to talk to you about Christmas. I want to talk to you about as we're gearing up and, and getting ready for this day that is coming because it's a season. It's not just a one day. Obviously, it's a season. You know, we're not even in December and we've got all these decorations up and and uh, with Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's and the holidays, it's like there's the there's the grandeur and there's the materialism and there's the there's there's all the bells and whistles and all that and and and, and I even see in many believers, like a lot of times we, this, it causes a lot of anxiety and it causes a lot of fear and it causes a lot of frustration and it causes a lot of, uh, you know, maybe let's just hurry up and get this over with. And it causes, it can cause a lot of conflict. You know, I, I I see uh, stuff all the time where, you know, there's a, there's memes. I see memes all the time about uh, whenever you invite people over to Thanksgiving and, you know, you've got two worldviews colliding sitting at the table, and, and how do you get along with this family that you only see once a year? And, and uh, it can be really, the, the season can be really frustrating. It can bring lots of things uh, to the table and actually can, can, can pull up parts of your heart that you didn't even know were there, um, which is the grace of God because we're going to talk about that those things do need to be revealed this morning and why they need to be shown and why they need to be revealed because it's not supposed to be in there. And, and so if you're taking notes this morning, the, the title of my message is Make Room. Uh, make room for the king. Make room for Jesus, really. Um, and, and, and knowing that, that Jesus is not, uh, he's not uh, a cherry on top of your Sunday. You know, it's not Jesus incorporated. It's not, it's not uh, you know, do Santa and the reindeer and all that stuff, but that's, that's the add on. Jesus is the reason. He is the one that we're celebrating. He's the focus, and not just of this day, but of our, of, uh, uh, of our whole lives, that he's he is he's what we celebrate. He is the whole Sunday. He is the deal. I love Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. This is probably my favorite Christmas uh, verse. This is the prophet Isaiah prophesying about the birth of Jesus. Verse 6, he says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. I love that line, of his increase and peace, there will be no end. Why does it put that of his increase of government and peace? There will be no end. The increase of the government and peace will be no end. It's because his government is a government of peace. It's a government of peace and it will never end. It means that we should be moving into more and more and more and more peace in our own lives and in the world. And and, and the government of God is always advancing. It's never retractive. It's never, it, it never loses steam. It's always growing. Since the resurrection of Jesus, the kingdom of God has only grown on the earth. Well, I don't know if I believe that. It's because you watch too much Fox News. It's because you're listening to false prophets telling us about how awful and bad the world is. And are there some evil things in the world? Yes, but his government is still increasing. His government is still increasing. This thing is taking over. It's not going under. Okay. <laughs> we're moving, you know, we're moving into this place. And, and, and so, like, yes, we're ta- I'm, I'm talking about governments of the world, but I also want to talk about the government in our own life. And, and it increasing in our own life. This is our promise that a child is born, a son is giving, and the government, his government, our government will be upon his shoulders and the increase of that government will never end. And I think Christmas is an opportunity to continue the spread of that government, to increase the spread of that peace, to build his kingdom. Christmas is us announcing that he has come, that he is here, that he brings freedom through peace. Through peace, I'm gonna give you four points this morning. If you're taking notes to write these down, be easy to remember. Number one, peace is always an issue of government. Peace is, an always a, is always an issue of government. The reason that many nations are in absolute turmoil is because a lack of government or a very dysfunctional one. The reason that nations are in absolute turmoil is, an, is because of a lack of government or a really, really, really dysfunctional one. The reason, you know, and, and looking at that big picture, but also small picture, like the reason that businesses, homes, even ourselves oftentimes are in turmoil is because we have a government problem. We have a government problem. In ourselves, in the society, in the culture that we live in now, we value our opinions so much they're an idol. Yeah. We always think that we're right, and, we ref- and submission is a bad word. Authority is a bad word nowadays. But if you want the government of God to increase in your life, you have to be willing to come under authority. You have to be willing to come under authority. You have to be willing to listen to the word of God. You have to be willing to listen to the Holy Spirit. You have to be willing to listen to the Holy Spirit from your pastor. You have to be willing to listen to the Holy Spirit from your friends, from your spouse. You have to be willing to listen and let that government increase in your life because God is trying to increase peace in your life. So who sits on the throne of your heart? Jesus comes to take over. He's, he, yes, he came for a relationship, but he's also after ownership. He is Lord. He's not trying to be the cherry on top of your Sunday. He's trying to be everything. The only command in all four Gospels, the only command that we find that is repeated in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if it's the only one repeated, it might be the most important one. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. The only command... Can be, can, uh, Repeated in all four gospels, if you want to save your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you'll find true life. Take up your cross and follow after me. The only commandment that we find in, so that's like a complete surrender of my life, taking up my cross and following after him. All problems that exist in our lives and in the world today are government problems. And and (laughs) our political governments are trying to fix spiritual problems with laws. Our governments are trying to fix spiritual problems with laws, or in our case right now, taxes. <laughs> by passing laws or changing economic systems, but the problem is not, an, is not an outward, there's not an outward solution. It's the internal problem of man that has to be fixed. Every problem in the world is a sin problem. It's a sin problem. And our government is trying to fix it by controlling the external nature of man, but you're never going to fix it controlling the external nature of man. I mean, with, at gunpoint, I guess, but it doesn't deal with this internal change, this internal problem. The, the root problems of the world is, an inter, is the internal sin of each individual, and the fundamental solution is the internal transformation of the sinful heart. The law of God has to be written on our hearts. Jesus came to establish his rule and his reign and his throne on the hearts of men and women. And this isn't a bad thing. Submission is a great thing. Submission to the Lord is going to bring you peace. Luke 2.14, the first announcement of the gospel, the angels to the shepherds, peace and goodwill towards men. Peace and goodwill towards men. The first announcement was goodwill towards men that peace and great joy has arrived and he came to overthrow the kingdoms of this world, not with violence, but with supernatural peace. More has changed in our world since the resurrection of Jesus simply through the preaching of the gospel than anything else. Than anything else. The reason that we have the na- the, as blessed of a nation as that we have right now is because of the preaching of the gospel. In any place that Christian values are put at the forefront of a society, that society will always flourish. Why? Because God is the creator and we don't invite him into our world. We have to step into his world. He came to establish a spiritual kingdom that reigns by way of supernatural peace. And even the the, the, the the disciples, they didn't get this. They kept wanting Jesus to take over violently, set up your kingdom, overthrow these dead gum Romans. And he's like, I'm going to, but not the way you think I am. And he did. Within 300 years, the known world had changed because of the spread of the gospel. Come on. We are the light of the world. We are the, I thought Jesus was the light of the world. Jesus is life and his life is the light of all mankind. And he said, you are the light of the world, the city on a hill, but we're not gonna be the light of the world if he's not ruling and reigning on our hearts. We've got to submit to his ways and not have our own ways, submit to his plans and not have our own plans, submit to his dreams and not have our own dreams. We submit to his plans and his purposes in our life. Jesus wasn't interested in some sign of, some kind of social deliverance or revolution. His goal was not to fix the external but the internal problems of man. He came to put us at peace with God so that we could have peace from God. He came to put us at peace with God. This is a relationship filled with peace. When we submit to his lordship, when we submit to his government, then we will be at peace. Jesus knew if he could calm the storms inside of man that then they, we, could calm the storms inside the world. If he could calm the storms inside of man, then we could calm the storms inside of the world. And the church has calmed a lot of storms inside of the world. But it's when we forget who we are that we allow the storms to continue. But where's the church that says, not on my watch, not here, are we going to let this evil continue? Come on. If you have a peace problem today, if you're full of anxiety and worry and stress, it may be because you have a government problem. And I don't mean politics, I mean the government of your heart, your mind, and your soul. I want to read, real quick, Philippians chapter 4. Philippians 4, verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need, and thank Him for all He has done. Then, then, you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus don't worry about anything are you kidding me (laughs) nothing that's what it says don't worry about anything how do I not worry about anything because you tell God all that you need and then you leave it in his hands your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven God thank you for everything that you have done in my life and I know everything that you're going to do because I told you my needs and so I'm going to just trust and follow you And many reasons we have peace problems because we have trust issues and we don't trust him to take care of everything. But man, and, and I see this in my own life. I see bills coming up and I see pay coming in and I'm like, dear God, I need you to come through. But then I worry and strive and try to conjure up and try to figure out and plan and scheme. And oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And then my family hates me by the end of the week because instead of giving thanks for what he's done, I'm worried about what's upcoming. And he says, trust in me, tell me what you need and then you'll experience my peace. You hear me? Okay, we're talking about living by faith this year. Come on, do you, can you see what he has done in your life and let it build faith for what he's going to continue to do in your life? Come on, do you hear me? If you're having anxiety, if you're having stress problems, you may have a government issue because his government is one of peace. And if we have no peace, we may not really trust him. We may not be really submitted. We may be trying to live life on our own strength. Is there strife in your home between you and a kid or you and your spouse? Even financial issues. A lot of times financial issues are government issues. Are government issues. Government issues. If I could give you a check right now that would solve all of your money problems. And if that took away all your stress, you've got more than money problems. Do you trust in him? Do you trust in him? Do you trust him with your tithe? Do you trust him with your offering? Do you trust him with your job? Do you trust him with your retirement? Do you trust him with your 401k? Do you trust him that he is gonna take care of you, that he's gonna supply all of your needs? Do you trust him? Listen, do you trust him even if real persecution breaks out? Not that somebody says something mean about you on Facebook, but do you trust him even, because I look at the book of Acts, and I read Fox's Book of Ardors and I see people that have what uh, 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 Brennan Manning calls ruthless trust. Do you trust him completely? Because if you don't, you're going to have peace issues. You've got to go all in and trust that he's going to work it all out. Listen, God, I think we get so caught up in who's, who is ruling on the thrones of man and it's like, okay, like, yeah, like, we can we can work, and we can campaign, and we can vote for the right people, and we can pray the right, and we can raise up people to take, and we can do all that. We, I'm, I'm for all that, and we should do all that. Do you know that God is going to use whoever sits on the throne of America? Some of you are so stressed out about Joe Biden being on the throne of America, but you know what? God is using Joe Biden to cause you to pray more. God is... Oh, all this inflation and the gas prices and, and the Christmas presents and the, how are we going to Whatever God is using those things to cause you to lean into him and trust Come on and when we go through great seasons of favor and gas prices are low and we got somebody That's kind of good kind of decent sitting on the throne of America God is you he, he's going to use that to cause you to thank him because it's by his grace that you've got anything that you have Come on Peace is a government issue. Peace is a government issue. And, and listen, big tip for everybody, everybody, you want to inherit God's peace, learn to delay gratification. Learn to delay gratification, and you'll have the peace of God. Sometimes, some of us just need some wisdom in our finances so that we can have peace of God. Sometimes we cause our own anxiety and worry. My goodness, most of the time. <laughs> okay, peace is a government issue. Number two. Number two, conflict is necessary for peace to be attained. Conflict is necessary for peace to be attained. Whenever a new government begins to overthrow the the current one, there's going to be conflict. There's going to be pushback. And 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 we can play this out. We can see this big picture in real life scenarios right now in the world. But also, for peace to be attained in your heart, conflict is necessary. Do you, like, I, I see many believers, that get saved and they get on fire for the Lord and then God starts calling them to lay down things and it's like, oh, like that's really hard and the, people struggle going through the discipleship and the sanctification process and it's like, you think the devil's just gonna l- give up on you? Like before you said yes to Jesus, you weren't really a problem for him, but now you are. It's called spiritual warfare. He's gonna come against you, but praise God. Praise God, you're now a threat to hell. Conflict is necessary. The devil doesn't wanna let you go. He doesn't want you to let your sin go. He doesn't want you to lay those things down. I love what Bill Johnson says. He says, peace is not the absence of something, but the presence of someone. Peace is not the absence of conflict, but the presence of Jesus. Come on. It's not the absence of conflict, but the presence of Jesus. Matthew 10, 34, Jesus says, do not suppose that I came to bring peace to the earth. Wait. I thought you were the prince of peace. I thought you said goodwill, good tidings, peace to men, like all those things, like I thought you were bringing peace. And he says, don't think I came to bring peace, I came to bring a sword. But he's not talking about physically, he was talking about spiritually. In that moment, he was sending the disciples out to preach the gospel, to heal, to to, to cast out demons. And he's like, there's a spiritual sword. And he's like, and you're gonna be rejected. You're gonna be persecuted. You're gonna be hated, but take heart because I have overcome the world. But there will be conflict. And anybody who has gone all in for God for a matter of time, you have come into conflict because of your relationship with the Lord. A conflict within yourself, a conflict with someone else, a conflict with family, a conflict with friends, a conflict with coworkers, and not all conflict is bad. Not all conflict is bad. There's a conflict within yourself. If you, feel like you're being, if you feel like you're being pulled apart, are you trying to hang on to an idol? Because you can't hold your sin in one hand and your Savior in the other. They're going in different directions. And you may feel stressed out or worried or anxious because there's something that you need to let down so that you can go with him. But are you feel like you're being pulled apart and there's worry and there's stress and there's anxiety and it's just your mind is overwhelmed. It's like, what, what are you trying to hang on to that you need to let go of? Jesus was never rocked by the storms around him. And and listen, you read the Gospels, and it seems like Jesus was in constant conflict. But I never get the feeling that it caused him anxiety. I never get the feeling that he was anxious or worried. And I never get the feeling that he was in a hurry. He just seemed like he was at rest all the time. He seemed like he was at peace all the time. And he brought conflict. He brought a spiritual sword to the hearts of men. He, well, I'll say this, we wouldn't have peace with God now if he didn't bring the conflict that he brought. We have to know many times before peace can be achieved, conflict must arise, sometimes between nations, political parties, business, relationships, people in themselves. But conflict is not always negative. Many times it can be positive and even necessary. Have you ever had a conflict with someone, like healthy conflict with somebody, like in a relationship? And then, like, when you have healthy conflict, like that relationship gets better. Not worse. It gets better when it's done the right way. That relationship goes stronger. And so healthy conflict is not something to be avoided, but something to be engaged in. And let that bring peace to a relationship, peace to your marriage, peace to your kids, peace with your coworkers. Conflict is not always negative. Many times it's positive and even even necessary. Jesus, the Prince of Peace himself, said, I came not to bring peace, but a sword. When you go... (laughs) When you go all in on Jesus, it will turn people away from you. Persecution will take place. You may lose friends lose friends and family, but all those things, like if those things, the sword comes and it begins to cut things out of your life or begins to end relationships in your life, there will be a supernatural peace that will arise in your heart if you trust in him and you're willing to let go. Supernatural peace that arises when your mind, your heart, your mind, and your soul Anxiety, fear, depression, internal warfare can begin to slide off of you as a peace that passes all understanding begins to cover you, to cover your life as you're born again. You've you've got to go all in because he he doesn't do both ways. You can't be one way at work and one way at home. It's a complete surrender to him, which leads me to point number three. Be everybody has to do something with the person of Jesus you don't get to remain indifferent about him you don't get to surrender to him on Sunday morning but not on Monday morning you don't get to surrender to him on Sunday morning but not on Friday night it's a surrender that is all the time which number three is that peace requires an absolute yes it requires an absolute yes In Luke chapter 1, verse 26, it says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to the virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. We hear greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you, we probably would get excited. But it confused and disturbed her. Don't be afraid, Mary. The angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He'll be very great, and he'll be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how could this happen? I am a virgin. That's a valid question. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he'll be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has been pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Peace requires an absolute yes. When the angel shows up and says, greetings, favored woman, he has to follow up with, don't be afraid. Because Mary knew the Old Testament. And every time angels showed up and started talking to people, things always didn't turn out great for those people. And so oftentimes we think favor, we're like, yes, Lord. We think promotion, we think money, we think position. And sometimes those things come with favor, but they also come with some conflict. And if we try to run from that, you're going to be at a constant state of conflict on the inside of yourself because peace requires an absolute yes to God. And God can only use you to the degree in which you surrender to him. God can only use you to the degree in which you surrender to him. Don't think this was Mary's big break. This was God interrupting every part of her life. She was surrendering her hopes and her dreams, her house at the end of the road, her new stud fiance. She was Because the angel didn't say, hey, Mary, I'm going to go tell Joseph everything I just told you. So she's saying yes, and she doesn't even know if that's figured out yet. Do we have that kind of faith that we can say yes to the Lord when he doesn't say what all it's going to entail or I'm going to work all this out for you? He just says, like, this is going to happen. Favored woman. It didn't bring rainbows and butterflies. And riches and glory. It didn't make her dreams come true. Favored woman. Listen, favored person. That hard, impossible task that God has called you to do? Favor. Favor. That difficult co-worker, favor. That difficult child, favor. God has put you there with that, per- with that person, that co-worker, that spouse, that child, for a reason, that family member, for a reason. Favor. Favor. Because you love God and want to build his kingdom, that's why you're here this morning, Favor. You need to change your perspective on your circumstances. You get to walk this out. This is a privilege, an assignment, a calling, a purpose because you found favor with God. Favor comes at a high price. When God comes and says favored, he's about to ask us to lay down our entire lives. He's asking Mary to give up her entire life, her plans and her dreams to be humiliated, hurt, rejected, fiance almost left, Listen, in this ancient Jewish culture, a young married, unmarried girl who became pregnant would probably remain unmarried for the rest of her life unless the father of the child agreed to marry her. But Joseph knows he's not the father. If the father rejected her, she would probably have to just live on her own. And listen, ladies, life was a lot harder back then. She couldn't just go get a job anywhere she wanted to. Women were dependent on their husbands. They were dependent. Life was a lot more difficult. And, and, and probably this would have been a lot more accepted nowadays. In this very high honor, in this culture, she would have been called lots of names, rejected by lots of people. And she says, with all of that in mind, she says, may everything you say come true. May everything you say come true. See, if we don't have that heart, the heart of Mary, we disqualify ourselves from the peace of God and we will live in a state of constant conflict until we give an absolute surrender to the Lord and what he's called us to. And not when he said, hey, A plus B equals C. When he says, this is what I've called you to do. Well, how is that gonna work, God? How is that gonna, everything you said, Lord, I'm all in. I give you my yes this morning. Matthew 1. 18 through 25 gives the story of Joseph. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man, and he did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in dream, Joseph, son of David. The angel said, "'Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son. You're to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins.'" All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son. They'll call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel commanded, took Mary as his wife, but he did not have relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. I believe perhaps the Lord waited 400 years from Malachi to Matthew, from the closing of the Old Testament to the opening of the new, from the closing of the promise to the opening of the child is coming. I believe God waited 400 years because of a man like Joseph. Because of a man like Joseph. Maybe he was waiting on a man of character like Joseph because everyone would have known his whole life that Jesus was not his son. And not a lot of people believed the son of God thing while Joseph was still alive. We don't know when Joseph died, but it probably would have have been around the time that Jesus was a teen. And not a lot is said about him. And I imagine the looks that he got while he was walking down the road with Jesus. The looks, the gossip, the things said about him, the family dinners he wasn't invited to anymore, the festivals, the parties, the celebrations that he was no longer invited to, because that is not your kid. I think about when Mary and Joseph were when they were going to Bethlehem and said so there was no lodging available for them at the inn. Don't think hotel. That was not hotel. J- Joseph was going back to his hometown in Bethlehem. It would have been aunties and uncles and cousins and, and, and friends that he grew up with that had no inner room or upper room available for them to stay in. It wasn't, no, it wasn't a nasty, mean innkeeper. It was family. It was family. And what, basically, they're saying, what you got going on inside of you is two scandals for me to be associated with. And they finally found somebody that said, I got a stable out back, right? This is the equivalent of somebody coming over that you're embarrassed of, and you're like, you can eat in the garage with a dog. Jesus is being rejected before he's even born. Mary and Joseph are being rejected because of what's going on on the inside of them. I think about Joseph. He's got to be one of the most respectable men in all of Scripture. In this high honor, very masculine culture, put yourself in his shoes. And before the angel came to him, man, he decided, I'm going to break this off quietly so it doesn't shame her. Man, we see his heart, his character, his love for Mary. I believe one of the main reasons Mary was chosen was because of the character of Joseph. Now, Scripture doesn't say that, but I believe that Mary was chosen because of the character of Joseph Perhaps God waited 400 years because he was waiting on a man of integrity to entrust his son to. What a major kink in his plans. Had it all figured out, he's engaged, about to marry this amazing young woman, and now all that's gonna be messed up. You think about the thoughts that went through his mind. And think about the, thing, the things that a man teaches his son. Like, to think, am I gonna be able to teach him anything? Because he's God. Is he gonna know everything? Right? My goodness, he's the son of God. Now we do know that Jesus did have to learn stuff. It says that in scripture, that he had to learn obedience. But you think about that, like as a father teaching his son stuff, am I, teach my, am I teaching my son this or is he gonna be teaching me when he's like five years old? That would be a weird thought. How to, how to work, how to build, how to fix things, how to be tough. Think about the looks that he got. But I know all that was worth it every time he looked in the face of Jesus. All that was worth it every time he looked in the face of Jesus. What joy must have filled his heart every time he looked in the face of his Savior. It's worth the gossip and the hurt and the rejection every time I look into his face. It's worth the family members that don't come over. every time I look in the face of Jesus. It's worth every friend that I've lost along the way every time I look in the face of Jesus. He's worth it. He's worth it, church. He's worth every nasty thing they've ever said. He's worth every ridicule I've ever accepted. He's worth it all. He's worth it. Every time I look in his face. And if you feel like it's overwhelming this morning and you just don't know if you can do this anymore because of the people that you've lost, you've got to get on your knees and you've got to look at his face because he's worth it. When you see him for who he really is, you'll leave it all. You'll leave it all. You'll count it all as loss because he's worth it, man. He's worth it. This last weekend we had a fall retreat uh, with about 80 80 young people in one building and, and I was so glad that my boys were there. Eight and 10 years old and watching them worship Jesus. And I can tell you it's worth it. It's worth it. Peace requires your absolute yes. And it doesn't mean all your dreams are going to come true, but you'll find out the dreams that he, have, that he had for you are way better than the dreams you ever thought of yourself. <sighs> number four, number four. You got to find somebody that supports that yes. You got to find somebody that supports that yes. You weren't meant to do life alone. You weren't meant to do life with Jesus alone. You got to find a community that supports that. Somebody that will look you in the eyes and tell you to go for it. Somebody that will look you in the eyes and tell you to go for it. As we read these stories, as I think about the Christmas story, I look and I go, where were, where were Mary's parents? You ever think about that? Never mentions Mary's parents. Maybe they were amazing, godly people, but I know at the time that she needed them the most, she had to go stay with her cousin Elizabeth. Elizabeth. You've got to find a community, maybe a small circle, but you've got to have people that tell you to go for it. In fact, this is why God sends Mary to go and stay with Elizabeth and Zechariah. She had to find some people that she didn't have to explain herself to. Because there was also something happening inside of them that didn't make sense either. She was too old to have a baby. Mary was too young and unmarried. She needed someone to give her permission to embrace what God was doing on the inside of her even if she couldn't explain it very well. Because God is gonna call us to do things that don't make sense, that don't make sense financially, that don't make sense relationally, that don't make sense. And you've gotta find people that support your yes. Somebody that says, go for it. I know it looks crazy, I know starting that business looks crazy. I know going out on your own looks crazy. I know, I'm, I'm thinking about Brad and Kaylee right now, I know moving from Northern Illinois away from all your family looks crazy and doesn't make sense. And especially financially, it doesn't make sense. And Lord, I didn't know that it was gonna, it was gonna be this hard and that it was gonna cost this much. I didn't know that it was gonna entail that we couldn't afford this or we couldn't afford this. or we could. But I, God, I'm giving you my yes and I'm gonna find somebody that supports that yes. You gotta find somebody that supports the yes. You gotta find a friend. When all my other friends in school, when they're not listening, when they don't wanna serve the Lord, when they're caught up in relationships and, and partying and whatever, I'm gonna find somebody that supports my yes. You hear me? I got overwhelmed. I was I love to I love to stand before I come out and preach, I stand backstage and I watch the young adults over here worship. And I saw all these girls down on their knees with their hands lifted, and like I'm telling you, go for it, girls. Dance around the room. Stay on your knees. Don't let that, Sam, you, I saw you worshiping back there. My guy, keep going for it, dude. Don't stop. Don't stop. Go all in. Go after it. Come on. You need people in your life that just say, go for it. When you can't even put it into words. When people say, why don't you come to this, why don't you drink this why don't you smoke that why don't you why why don't you watch this why don't you listen to that why don't you and not not that we get in off into legalism or stuff like that but you just lose desire to do those things man I don't know why I'm always crying I don't know but I need people that will look at me in the eye and say go for it follow those tears I don't know I don't know why I don't want to do that I don't know why I can't put my Bible down I don't know why I only want to listen to worship music. I don't. I don't know. All I know is that it's God. I don't know why I'm. I don't know why I'm leaving this secure financial situation. I don't know, but it's God. I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know why we're gonna we're gonna teach or raise our kids up this way. I don't know why we're handling our marriage this way. I don't know. I don't know why, but I know that it's God. Because I know, like I know, like I know that you work with people. I know that you work with normal people. And you just, I just think about the marriage seminar. You tell people going to go marriage seminar and they think you're absolutely crazy. Why are you going to marriage seminar? Your marriage is great. I don't know, but God told me to. I don't know why I'm moving states to come to this church, but God. I don't know. I don't know why God told me to sit under Tim and Paul. Because us three are way different than any, like we're all opposites. I don't know, but it works. Because it's God. And I don't know why people would ever leave their ministry. I don't know why people would ever leave their leadership. I watch them and their lives fall apart. But I'm saying yes to those men. I don't know why, because they're not very nice sometimes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> they're amazing. I don't I don't know why. But it's God. It's God. It's God. You never see Mary's parents, but you see Elizabeth and Zechariah. And I'm not saying Mary's parents weren't amazing godly people, but in the time she needed validation the most, she goes to say with Elizabeth and Zechariah because they were going through something that was very similar. And listen, just like Elizabeth and just like Mary, something was going on in the inside of them that they couldn't explain. And I want everybody in this person and everybody in this room to know that they were a type and shadow of you and I. Mary was the first one to carry God on the inside of her, and you carry God inside of you. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. You're a temple of the Holy Spirit, and I heard it said this way before, is that the answer for the world was inside of Mary. The answer for the world is inside of you, and it's inside of me, because the same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in me and lives in you. <laughs> Amen? Stand with me. Come on! I know sometimes, with the productions and the trees and the gifts and the and the and the fun and the hot chocolate and the the candy canes and the all the goodies, all the goodies, man. Thanksgiving to Christmas Day, the diet don't count, right? We don't count calories during that time. We just we go all in. All right. You got the other 12 months of the year to get it right. Okay, or 11 months of the year to get it right. Um, but I know a lot of that times, people coming and going and doing and whatever, sometimes that can, that can be a Band-Aid. It can be a placebo for what's going on inside of your heart. And I want us to get our hearts right before we move into this season. Before we enter in the rest of these holiday season that we would say, God, search me. Is there anything in me? Is there a reason I'm feeling this anxiety? Is there a reason I'm feeling this whatever? And, 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 I'll, and I'll be honest with you. Um, growing up, I did not like Christmas. Some of y'all have heard my testimony, but I was not a fan of Christmas. I was the Grinch. When I married Sarah, I was like, why do you care so much? I thought I thought she was an alien. I was like, yeah, this is weird. This is, I, did never, I didn't look forward to Christmas because Christmas was full of a lot of turmoil in my life. Because of my home situation and different things that I went through with my family growing up, I didn't look forward to it. And it was really, really, really hard. And I, that had to be a place, still has to be a place of healing for me. Because I had to get up on the roof this last week and put Christmas lights up. And, I, and listen, I'm trying to have a good attitude, going good, get the Christmas lights up there, and then all the clips that I left on there last year so that it'd be easier this year, they all start to fall off and go in the gutter and fall off the roof. And I'll be honest with you, I cussed. I said a dirty word. I was so mad. And some of y'all look at me the same way that my, my, my boys do. When I, they say, like, Dad, you say bad words. I'm like, I don't say bad words. I said one bad word. But listen, let me come stump on your foot and see what comes out, okay? You, let's go put something up, and I'm going to hit your thumb with a hammer and see what comes out, okay? It's probably not, God bless you, brother. Okay? I said a bad word, and I was like, man, I hate this. I don't want to do this, this, whatever. But, but what it was, man, because, like, where's the rush? Where's the fire? Why do I have to get this done right now? Just enjoy it, because I had, I had Micah and Judah up on the roof with me. First time they get to get up on the roof and help dad hang up Christmas lights. And they're trying to have the time of their lives. And here I am over here, just a mad mean old Grinch. But it was because there was was hurt here. There was selfishness here. There was things that I had to lay down and I had to repent. And it turned into a really good time. And Micah turned into a really great help. And we had an awesome time to end, not the beginning. And I had to realize it's not about me, man. And when I made it not about me, the peace of God began to fill my my heart and my mind and fill my home. Because I realized it's not about me, it's about him. It's about Jesus. Amen? Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for today. We thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much that you became Emmanuel. You became God in flesh and you dwelt among us, Lord, so that we could dwell with you. We're so thankful that you made your home among us. God, may Christian Ministries Church be a place where your glory and your presence dwell. May it be a place that we have let heaven come. We've let heaven come fill our church, fill our homes, fill our lives, our marriages that we've let heaven come and no matter what it costs us, Lord, we know that supernatural peace comes from you. And even when it even when there's there's storms going on around us, Lord, may we be a beacon for heaven that walks through those storms, that is in, in as much rest as you were when you were asleep in that boat, God. May we not let the things of this world bother us that we would take every thought captive that comes into our minds and we make it obedient to God and we fix our mind on heavenly things so that the peace of God would guard our hearts and our minds this Christmas season. God, we give you our yes. We ask that you would enthrone yourself on our hearts. Search us, Lord. Reveal anything in us that we need to be healed of or that we need to let go as we start this season, this celebration of your birth. God, we love you. We're so thankful for everything that you've done and everything that we're, the, everything that everything you're going to do. We cast our worries and our cares and our anxieties at your feet this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, church. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.